Welcome to the Bros Do MMA Show. This is your boy Ike. You might know me as one half of the Banter Bros podcast. We're branching off into some UFC shit, bro. Today I've got Mr. Yoel Beraket with me. Yo, I, I thought this was Pipe Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you called the show Pipe Talk. <laughs> we have to introduce them to the whole pipe shit first. See, you're trying to throw our viewers into the ocean. They don't even know how to swim yet. All right. You know what I'm saying? You got to put them in the kiddie pool first and check their aptitude. And then we bring them into the public mm. pool. And then from there, we bring them into the lake. And then from the lake, we put them in the ocean. And then, when, and when then you them, niggas when, when, you, when you introduce them to the pipe. Well, I'll introduce them to the pipe when you're on the when you're on the Banter Bros podcast more often. And then we can, uh, <laughs> we can start getting them into this. Uh, crazy series you've been working on that I don't even understand, but I, I, I'm apparently the main character of it. So which one? Oh, <laughs> the Legends of the Pipe. Well, yeah, yeah, you can't give away too many secrets at this point. But you know, we're, we're not here talking about our writing aspirations today. We're here to talk some UFC. Let's do it. So yesterday we had the Holland versus Brunson, Brunson versus Holland card. Interesting card, you know, lots of great performances. That main event, though, I will say Mr. Kevin Holland, the supposed big mouth of the UFC, he shot the bed, bro. Yeah, he, he shot that bed real hard. He, uh, too much playing around. Like, you know what I'm not going to say? I'm not going to say the playing around and the joking was the problem because that's just part of his style. You know, we have a lot of big trash talkers in sports. It's about like not playing or not fighting with any urgency at times. You know, there were times where he would get caught up in the clinch, even like where he would kind of like go down with with Brunson. Yeah. And he wouldn't resist takedowns or try to fight them. Or when he was on the ground, then try to squirm or fight to get to the cage and then get to his feet. Uh, you gotta show some kind of urgency because he was dominant in the brief parts where he was on his feet. He was letting a lot of strikes in the third round. He he almost. Brunson said he didn't get rocked, he didn't get knocked out. No, he looked he looked pretty wobbly. Brunson was done in that second round. He looked wobbly. It was second or third. Second. He looked wobbly. Like he he grabbed on, he took him down for dear life. He had he, he had to hold on just to, to like to regroup and re, you know recalibrate. Yeah. But uh I found that um overall Brunson had a clear cut strategy. He knew where he could control uh where he could control Bob Holland. And Holland was almost showing minimal resistance and even falling into a lot of basic mistakes, like when he would catch a rock, Brunson rushing in, yep. not, not, not being patient and letting the opening present itself. And that's when Brunson, who was obviously like a big veteran, just, just ended tie up, him up, tie him up against up, the cage, take him down, trip him, fall him. Yeah, and Holland, for five rounds straight, didn't make any real adjustments to avoid that. Uh, he sort of—it's almost like he didn't—he didn't understand how to do anything about it. He's gonna hide behind it with the jokes and the shit talking, but like, there was no answer, no no uh, adjustments made throughout the rounds. And then and at times you wonder if his corner, how how frustrated they must be. Oh, they must have been super frustrated with this guy because keep in keep in mind, like there was no secret how Derek Brunson was going to approach that fight. He knew he he couldn't match Holland. And athleticism in terms of speed and just general striking power and range. So his only option is to wrestle. And then, so you know this, 
knowing this going into that fight, you need to work your angles. You need to work your footwork. And like you said, this guy was just rushing in, rushing in. He would tag Brunson with something good, and then he wouldn't create space. Like he would give he would give Brunson the clinch after hurting him. And it's just like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like take a step back. Especially in that second round when he dropped Brunson in the corner. All he had to do was do what Izzy did. Just step back and punch him again in the face. And that fight would have been over. At that point, that fight would have been over. That makes me think about his mindset. Because before the fight in the uh, in the pre-fight press conference, uh, Kevin was saying that he didn't want five-round fights. He didn't want to fight for the belt. He just wanted three-round fights. You know, maybe I'll go to welterweight and do it again. I'll just be like... Uh, I'll just be, uh, what is he called? The UFC Fight Night King. And it's just like, okay, well, you can't really do that in the UFC. You have to be vying for the belt. Like, if you're on too many fight nights, that means you're on a losing streak. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be vying for that belt. And it's just like, well, he already stated he doesn't want to fight for the belt. So it's almost like he accepted mediocrity at that point. And you can't do that. It doesn't even matter if you're outmatched. It doesn't even matter if you're better than your opponent. Because he's, he's, he was better than Brunson. He should have won that fight just as easily as Izzy beat Brunson or just as easily as Jacare's, uh, Jacare beat Brunson. Jacare's a guy that he, Kevin Holland, put away. Like, so unorthodox, but so simply at, at the same time. So that was really his fight to lose. And he lost it. He shot the bed. And it's not like he lost it that badly. Like, he could have done so much more, but it's like he didn't want to. I don't think his, I don't think his mind was in the right place in that fight because if it was, that's an easy dub for him, an easy dub. Yeah, I think uh, it's one thing you know if, if you walk in there and you don't come up with the right strategy and then you lose. There's nothing wrong with losing. I don't. My problem isn't that Holland lost, you know, because anybody can lose any fight. Right? Yeah. My problem is more so just his approach throughout it. It's not even just the trash talking. The trash talking sometimes, like you know, Conor McGregor, it keeps him going, it fuels him. It can be a part of uh, uh, piping yourself up or keeping yourself focused, right? Everyone has their own way. Some people talk to themselves. Some people talk to their opponents, you know? Yeah. Some people, you know, when they're putting on a show. That's what that's what keeps you engaged and focused to keep doing that. But with Holland, there's almost like an inability to take things seriously. Um, and it kind of reminds me in a way of, uh, of John Jones in this way. Not... not performance-wise in the octagon, but I remember when John Jones was on the Joe Rogan podcast and he said he used to do cocaine, he used to party the week before the fights. Yeah, self-sabotaging. In a way, you feel like Kevin Holland, in a way, from the maturity, is doing the same thing. We talk about not wanting to go on the big cards to fight for the titles or um, even even when he was in, they, they had him in his corner, they were recording it, like joking around, talking with Khabib, asking for advice. Uh, it's funny for the first two rounds, but when, you, when you're behind, it looks like you're, you're looking an idiot. Yeah. And then talking to Dana. Like, you're not winning these rounds. It's one thing if you're going in there and you're walking the guy down and he's bruised up and bloodied and you're doing, you're talking a lot of junk. That's, you know, it's funny. But when you're losing and you're behind, you just seem like a, like an idiot. And it reminds me of, in a way, like a coping mechanism. Like, are you doing all this because you're afraid that if you are take, if you are super serious and you lose, that will reveal something about you, something deeper. And... It just reminded me of that John Jones thing because like Kevin Holland, man, is like from a physique standpoint, in his in the middleweight division, is every bit as a freak. The length, the height, the size, 
Like, human Israel Adesanya, from a physical standpoint, like, absolute, like, specimens. Yeah. And you have just this guy who... I just, I don't get it. I don't get um, laughing and joking around that much. Like, I would get it for the first two rounds, and then you say, hey, you know what? Buckle down. Because Brunson was getting gassed. Third, fourth round. Like, all that, all that, all those takedowns staying on the ground, exerting all that, all that pressure, trying to put weight, and even that, 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 um, arm triangle. Yeah. Like, it gasses you out. You know what I mean? And then, it would be one thing if Holland saw that and said, okay, now I got him. Yeah. Now we're just going to stand. And we're going to see if you can stay with me for three rounds while you can't. Because he was dropping his hands. He was gassed like Brunson. And he didn't take advantage of that. No, it seemed like he didn't have any real game plan. No serious focus in the fight. There was parts in the fifth and fourth round where his corner started to get a little bit more antagonistic with him. He's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Like, no, he wasn't, though. Even his, 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 uh, his activity on the ground when he was on his back. He didn't, you know, try to to, to, to get to stand up. Yeah. He didn't try to work himself to the cage that often. Sometimes he did. He did very slow. I, I would get it for the first round where uh, you don't want to exert too much energy. If you think, okay, most of this fight's going to be on my feet, and in the first round, Brunson was controlling him on top but wasn't doing a lot of damage, okay, maybe you just want to sit on your back and just sort of, all right, let me just let this round go by, and then for the next four rounds, it's going to be on my feet. Let me use my energy. I just go. Like, what's the point? What, what are you saving all this energy for? Yeah, um, it was it was very disappointing. It was very disappointing to watch Kevin Holland last night. He's much he's much more better than what he displayed, and if he just exuded, if he exhibited just a quarter more intelligence than what he did, he would have won that fight. He could have knocked him out. He could have won that fight via stoppage, but. It is what it is. It is. Brunson moves up in the rankings. I think he, I, he called out Costa. You never want to count Brunson out, but I'm just saying, I don't think he's going to win that fight with Costa. Even with this victory over Holland, um, it wasn't that impressive yeah. of a win for Brunson. It, it was, was not. It was more like um, he capitalized on Holland's immaturity. Yeah. And... Again, you know, veteran or just being like a very intelligent fighter. He just because he wasn't that active on the ground. First round, he was landing some strikes, some elbows, but like he wasn't doing a ton of damage on the on top. And uh, I felt there was even a what, what round was it? The third or fourth round where Holland outstruck. Holland was on his on his back, and he was still outstriking Brunson. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like Brunson was. Putting on a Khabib clinic where he's just smashing the pieces on top, right? It was, no, it was it was it was a result of Kevin's lack of immaturity and just laissez-faire attitude towards the fight. Yeah. But not taking anything away from Brunson. You did win. Props to you, my man. So you know, uh you Big you, ups, big ups. You Costa, let's see it. Costa, I think Costa has a really bad style for Brunson. First and foremost, Costa is a lot larger. A lot larger, a lot stronger than Brunson, and he's a bully. Yeah, like, man. Brunson's not going to have a lot of space in that fight. He's going to be forced to clinch with a guy that he's not going to be able to just toss him around the way he was able to sort of get Kevin up against the cage and all that. Casa is uh, Casa's a bit more feisty. We all know, okay, yeah, what happened to Izzy fight happened. But that doesn't take anything away from Casa. Casa's still a freaking beast. I, uh, <laughs> you know that, that Ricky Martin 
Swagger, man. So you can't, <laughs> you can't take that away, man. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's want, he wants that rematch, It'll man. He wants gonna... that rematch. So I, I think... I don't. I think Brunson's gonna have a lot tougher time with Casa. Stylistically, I think that's a very bad matchup for him. I don't want to count him out because literally he's been. This is like the third or fourth fight in a row where he wasn't supposed to win, and he won it. So, on paper, Costa wins that fight. But come fight day, you never know what might happen. But I, I, I just I don't see it happening. I don't see him beating. I don't see him beating Costa. Even with all his experience now, yeah, it's a, it's a, this belt presents a few interesting. I call them problems, I guess, in the middleweight division because in our heads, you know, before the fight, we think okay, Holland's gonna win this fight. Brunson's on his way out. He's old. He's thirty-seven. Yeah, he's probably. Well, I actually no, I I specifically told you not to sleep on Brunson in this fight. I remember the saying that. No, I thought Brunson was sleeping on top of freaking <laughs> Holland the whole fight. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I knew, okay, well, it, it it depended on Kevin's approach to this fight and it proved that that, that proved to be the case. Yeah. Um, that being said, when you look at the guys Brunson is faced with now, you got Costa, you got Gaslam, you got Robert Whitaker, you got Darren Till, you got Vittoria, you got Hermanson still fucking around there in the background somewhere. Maybe Hermanson, he gets a victory off of Hermanson, but the other guys, I don't see it. Brunson? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you don't... What I mean, if, if you're Dana White, think of it like this, okay? If Holland wins, it's just, okay, now we have an up-and-coming star, very talented. The next fight is very, is much easier to plan, right? Because yeah. whoever wins between um, Till and, and Vittori, like, yeah. you could say, okay, well, the winner of that will face Holland. Or maybe it's Cannoneer Holland. Yeah. You've got a few guys you can match up. But since it's it's Brunson who won, Brunson does not have what you said. The, the, I think he has the ability to crack the top five or actually be a, like, a, like a legitimate force in the top five. Yeah, contender. So Dana White's going to have to look at this and be like, well, I have to give Brunson a fight against one of the better guys. But like, you know as, as, a, as a promoter that does he really have what it takes to to be a, like, a, like a force in the top five? Yeah, but, that does, the, but then does that really matter that you get, you get one of those? Well, who, who, who are you going to beat him to? Costa. Give him a Costa. The he, called, he called out Costa. But, Costa's out but, of the fight with Whitaker. Yeah, but makes that, sense. But that, but that is, like, if you're Costa, would you take that fight? Do you want that fight? Because what that's you, easy. Like, if I'm Costa, I'm like, you? okay, this is good. But what does it give you? Like, if you if you fight fighting Whitaker was okay, the winner of this fight likely gets a rematch. Yeah, for the belt. If you fight Brunson, if you, even if he beats Brunson, is that really going to put him back into title contention again? It, it has to because Brunson took Brunson took Hall, um, Holland's clout. If you're, if you're Costa, why not go look at Cannoneer? Cannoneer's coming off of a loss. Yeah, but at least he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a higher-ranked so, fighter. Okay, so this is this is the thing. You fight Brunson, right? See what happens with Cannoneer, because Cannoneer will probably fight in that time period too. Cannoneer mm. will probably end up winning, because Cannoneer will probably fight Hermanson again, because I'm pretty sure those two already fought. Mm. Rematch with Hermanson, probably beats Hermanson again. And then you fight you fight Cannoneer, bam, back in contention. I just don't see what what beating Brunson is really going to do for Cos. It's going to give him another W. It's going to... It's gonna. It's a W. It's a good way to bounce back from, a, from quite frankly, an Embarrassing performance. Yeah, yeah, his, his strategy was all effed up, and it's, it's, it's a good way to bounce back. You know, remember who he yeah. is as the big, strong, bully type fighter guy. That would have made sense to me if after that fight, Dana's like, "Hey, um, 
Paulo, you don't look good in that last fight. Let's get you in against Brunson. Let's see if you can, if you can beat Brunson, get get back in the good form, and I'll give you a fight against the top guy. But you, you have a fight scheduled with Whitaker, basically for the interim, essentially, yeah. right? So, yeah. and then from there, you're going to go and fight Brunson. It's like you're, you're taking steps back now. You know well, what I'm saying? Taking two steps he back. He pulled out of that fight for flu or health reasons. I know. I'm it just, is what it is. I'm just so saying. So Gaslam stepped up. If it was, if it was like um, the Paulo Costa Whitaker fight was, let's say in two months' time, and then let's say like a week before the fight. Whitaker drops out and then he has to take Brunson. That's something I'd be more open to. Like, but since you're actually planning this ahead of time, I just don't see it as, as a fight fan. I'm not hype for it, um, and I don't think it does a lot for Paulo Costa. I don't think it, there's a lot in it for him. Like, it just doesn't seem like a high value fight. But if, if Brunson does beat him, that's what I want. Yeah, if Brunson beats Costa, <laughs> then holy shit. Okay, well, let's look at this. If Brunson beats beats uh, Costa, yeah. who would you give him next? You give him the winner, the winner of uh, Whitaker, Whitaker Gaslam or Vittori yeah, Till. Yeah, right. And then winner of that fight fights for the title. Yeah, yeah. actually, you know what? That'd be the only reason why. It'd be funny to see Derek Brunson make this George Foreman comeback. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> Brunson's 44. Sick. 70 years, he finally works. That'd be fucking hilarious. That, man. That'd be sick. I would love that, but um, true comeback story. Cause yeah, cause you know Brunson's the OG. I, okay, the one thing I loved in this fight with Brunson was he didn't engage with Holland. He seemed pretty much completely focused on the fight. Yeah, you know he wasn't in, he wasn't antagonized. He wasn't intimidated. He wasn't, you know, kind of like you know when Jose Aldo fought Conor McGregor with the trash talking affected him. Yeah, you know Brunson just completely tuned that out and just said like I'm 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 just here to fight. Yeah, it's nothing more, nothing less. In between the rounds, there wasn't any, there wasn't much talking. He didn't engage with Holland. Holland was walking to his corner with him and talking in his ear. I guess that's what I will give him um, um, credit for. He didn't allow any of the the antics to affect his um, his performance. And he stayed with it. You know, Holland was talking junk on the ground. Probably calling. I don't know what he said exactly, but let's say he's talking about how you're a one trick pony. You can't do anything else. Yeah. Didn't care. Yeah, because at that point, it's just like, okay, I'm a one-trick pony. Well, come stop me. Exactly. <laughs> but you, you got to respect that, though. Like, there was some, some you know, there's some with a guy like Holland, like a guy like McGregor, there's always, like, an extra bit of, or Chelsea, and there's always, like, like, an extra element to the fight because of the mental part of it. Yeah. And Brunson, that hit my cat music right there. I hope you beat Costa, you fight him, and I hope you're the belt. I want to see you become a champ champ. <laughs> does he go for that? Does he go for that? <laughs> Both of them? Oh my god, Brunson. Yo, Brunson, I like heavyweight. Brunson, Blako- Brunson Blakovich. <laughs> I'd be on the hype train for that, to be honest. That'd be hilarious. Oh um, man. Moving on from it, though, what was your fight of the night? Fight of the night for me, I'd have to uh, hold on here. Let me just let me let me just go through my Ikena's. Your notes? Kana's notes, you book always, of notes. He's got a whole paragraph over here, man. I was impressed with Max Griffin in the uh in the co main. Um I Kanan Song was a guy that was supposed to win. He was he was favored over Max, and Max just drops him in the first round. That was very impressive. That was a no, but he was crushing him with those hits, man. Yeah, he well it was like a, a one two that just like put him down. It was yeah, it was he hit him with the right. Yeah. And then he hit, and then it was like a right. It was a right hook. And then, and then he hit him with a left right. Yeah. 
combo, and then that dropped him, and then he kind of hit him on the head. He hit him on the back of the no, head, but that's, that was like, that get, wasn't on purpose. Sediment, you're in kill mode. Yeah. And, um... I was also pr- impressed with uh, Macy. Macy uh, Chasson. She, she is a freak for her weight class. 5'11 at 135? Bro, that's not fair. That's not fair. There, <laughs> I think there should be a height limit to, <laughs> to your weight. What's, what's your nickname? I don't, I don't know what her nickname is. The rabbit is. one? The, the, it's like Spanish for rabbit. Oh, oh, the um. Oh, sorry, you talking about a different fight? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about. I'm gonna get to that fight too, but I'm talking about the uh the the chick from um yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missy Chiasa, she was really good. She's really long. She uses her ranges. She uses her range very well. There was a number of good fights. I also like uh, Trevin Giles. Roman was supposed to beat him. Giles Giles did a good job, even though he, he was sort of uh. Kind of in trouble with those leg locks here and there, and he just kept pounding away. It's like, take my leg, I'm gonna freaking backfist you. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, yeah, he, dro- he dropped him. He dropped him like once or twice in that fight. That was very impressive. I was that was a very impressive performance. And I think the fight you're talking about is uh monster at Ruiz versus Cheyenne Buys. Yo, that lady in the headlock. Yeah, what the <laughs> hell was that? <laughs> What the hell was that? I was like, what is this? Is this a takedown? Like, bro, if I'm if I'm biased, I'd be getting so fucking cheesed. Same move every round. And like she couldn't she couldn't get out of it. Yeah. It wasn't like she was doing like, um a ton of damage while she had her in that position, those you know, the little rabbit punches. Yeah. But like it's still a like, uh, frustration and control and just domination. Yeah, like that first round was definitely a 10-8. Um you think so? Yeah, because she's... I was, I was torn between 10 and 10. Yeah, I, me personally, I would give it a 10-9 because, like, she's not in a dominant enough position. And mm. Baez was doing enough to keep her in that weird headlock position she was. She couldn't really advance position on Baez because if she did, she'd give up her back. Yeah. Right? And then she couldn't really turn into Baez and get the get, get the uh, get the side control. Mm. And so it's like she's in this like weird limbo where she just kind of has to give her rabbit punches to the face and wait her out and just keep her weight on top of her. And it's just like, okay, well, that's technically octagon control, but that's not really a 10 8. Like, you have to be, you have to be fucking your opponent up in the most dominant position, either mount or side control, mm. in my opinion, to take a 10, to take a 10 8 round. Mm. And if that's not happening, sure, it's octagon control. Sure, you know. You're controlling position and your opponent can't really do anything, but you're not really inflicting much damage on them. Mm. You're laying on top of them and you're scoring points. That is a ten nine. Mm. But with the way they the, with the way they score it, I understand why it's a ten eight. I don't agree with it, but uh, it is what it is. But yeah, that that was very weird. Like I, I haven't seen that done in so many times. At, like in one fight, it's it's dominant. Like. I think uh, I think who said it on uh, for the commentary. But when, when you know what someone is going to do and you can't stop it, it's just, it's just dominance. Yeah. You know, you think of again with Khabib, you know what he's trying to do is shake, take you down, grab one of those legs, bring yeah. it floor. Yep. Or even in a way like if you watch soccer, Arjen Robin, <laughs> cut to the left, you know cut to on, the left. You know he's getting on that left foot, <laughs> but like you just can't stop him. And yeah. The, the, the step over and the pace is just this this lady, man. This lady. Yeah, she she got her she got her with that. My only thing is okay. Well, then what? Yeah, then now everybody knows what you're gonna do. Yeah, there's that. But 
And that's like to somebody like uh, what is she in the one thirty five? Who's the champ at one thirty five? That's probably so he's like my dog Wheelie. Okay, yeah, somebody like Wheelie can get out of that, get get, get a hold of your back, you know. Well, once you start fighting, this is what happens in when you move on from you know, the undercards or when you move on from fight nights to actually getting into the top three on the main cards. Yeah. Like you start to f- uh, fight more complete fighters. Yeah. Guy, because when you're fighting on, on these type of cards, you know, usually you're either a very good striker on your feet and you don't have a very good clinch in or ground game, or you're a ground and pound, but you know, what I mean? there's something, yeah, some big gap in your game. But once you start to move up and start to fight some of the more complete fighters, the Joannas and all those type of people, like then those tricks just don't work as much. And her hands are very suspect, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Very um, much. I thought Baez was 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 lighting her up a couple she, times on Baez, it. Baez needed to keep it. She was making essentially the same mistake Kevin was making, mm. not controlling range after she struck. Mm. Maybe not to the same degree as Kevin, because she did she did try to keep distance, but then at the same time, like there was a couple instances in that fight where she was engaging in the clinch and trying to take, trying to take uh, the girl down, and I'm like, why would you do that? Just keep it standing. Like she actually can't mess with you. On the feet, like, get to the middle of the octagon and, like, just light her up. I agree. Uh, I will say, at the end of that fight, there was a little bit of junk talk. You know, there, there, you know. Well, Ruiz, like. Ruiz was saying something. No, Ruiz didn't say anything. Ruiz sort of, like, looked at her. I think Ruiz was, like, trying to actually, like, maybe, like, you know, help her up or like, really? uh, give her, like, a, you know, a high five or whatever. But. Baez was butthurt at that point because she yeah. was getting controlled. Yo. She was getting controlled and she saw the way Ruiz was eyeing her down and it made her feel some type of way and then yeah. shit happened. And on a side note, man, she won my heart. Ruiz, man, I got, I got a little crush. I'm not going to lie. She's kind of thick, eh? She's kind of thick. She's, yeah, she's not. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. She's kind of thick. But on top of that, man, the braids, all that. Even the tattoos, yo. The tattoos, Tattoos, yeah, yeah know, it know, works for her. It works for her. I know you're a bit intimidated, man. I'm not. She's like five feet. My man here is a bit intimidated by strong, powerful women. Oh, <laughs> uh, not even you. I would say Cheyenne Baez is a, a bit cuter than Ruiz. Whatever. But no, nah, she, she's she's Ruiz is a little ticky. I saw that. I saw that. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, man. For, for me, I wouldn't say my fight. Okay, first of all, the 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 Tui Vasa. <laughs> Tui Vasa. Well, that no, guy no, no, that no. guy took the fight on short notice. You know, he did. He was out of shape. He helped me in that belly of his man yeah looking like freaking what's his name right big country man big country um that's my dude but the, these these heavyweights when they fight man at this level because a bunch of reckless fighters <laughs> hands just start flying that knockout was vicious yeah man it was, it was it was clean right like it was just like a clean out cold you yep. dropped them and that dropped like them. and you rarely see those kind of knockouts we saw a couple tonight but like you know usually it's a tko which yeah. just like you know, the, the, the ref just stops from too much abuse, but to literally drop someone out cold, it's always kind of like, man. <laughs> like was, yeah, but but my fighter, I like I like what I saw from Adrian Yanez. Um, yeah, he had he had some good hands. He had he, some great hands in that fight. This is what I wanted to make the point was, um, his counter striking was high high level. Yeah. Um. What I will say is I felt like he and Holland had, like, the opposite I felt problems. <laughs> in terms of, I felt like Holland, when he, when he had um, Brunson in danger, he rushed in. Yeah. Where Giannis was very laid back. Like He, there were he times took his time. He rocked, he rocked um, Lopez 
like a few times in that fight, we never saw him lunge forward. It was always like, let me see what he does next, or let me see how he's going to move or react. I felt like he was a little bit too laid back, but he ended up knocking him out, so I guess it doesn't matter. But uh, he, his performance was very impressive. Um, you know, welcome to the bantamweight division. Uh, <laughs> I forget who he called out at the end of it, but he's trying to get on that. On that he called. Speaker. He called out uh, Clay Guida. Clay Guida wants Clay a young Guida's boy. Still fighting? Yeah, man. Yo, I remember um, the first time I remember watching Clay Guida fight was uh, him Roger Huerta. <laughs> Yo, my brother loved Roger Huerta, man. And uh, who doesn't like Roger Huerta? Shout out to my man Roger. But, uh, damn, he's still fighting. He's, he's still he's still at it. He's still at it at his age. Crazy man. How old is he now? Clay Guida's got to be in his forties, close to his forties. Man, dude's been fighting for a long time. He's one of the pioneers. And the thing is too, he's like a iron chin type of. Yeah, he's never. I don't think has Clay Guida ever been stopped. I think he's only been stopped once. It was recently. I can't remember. Not his last fight. But, like, I think the fight before that, he might have been stopped. And that was, like, the first time he's been stopped. He's a tough dude, though. Yeah, but uh, I don't know how he fights now. I haven't seen him. <laughs> but um, if he does get that fight, if he does get on that Houston card, that'd be dope. I think um, he's someone... On these fight night cards, I, I think what I look forward to most is uh, who who I have who I have penciled as, who is interesting. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this guy's a, a, or this girl's a factor. I can't wait to see them. On the next fight, yeah, that's kind of what I look forward to a lot of these fight nights. Uh, my man Yanis, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving him, I'm giving him my my performance of the night. Performance of the night to Yanis? No, I can't, I can't, I can't agree with you, man. You I got, I got to give. Griffin? I'm either giving it to Max Griffin, or I'm giving it to uh, Trevin Giles, simply because both of those guys were underdogs. They were not supposed to win All those right, fights. Man, you can't be giving it to Griffin because the thing is with Song, man, I don't think he was ready for that fight, man. <laughs> look, there are times when you look at somebody, you got hit a couple times by Max Griffin in that first round where yeah. you could just tell. Maybe like, he just wasn't ready for the power, man. The, yeah, the power, the, whatever it was, the speed of it, whatever he, because he was getting hit a lot. Yeah. Who's getting rocked? Fight of the night. Okay. To be fair, I would say fight of the night because things were a little bit more even. I would give it to Trevin Giles and uh, Roman uh, Dolice. Because that, that was a fairly even fight. And I think the only reason why Giles won that is because he did more damage. Right. Because in terms of like strikes landed, things were pretty things were pretty even. He was taken down and he was threatened with the, uh, the, the knee locks and the, the ankle locks a couple of times. But he still managed to get the job done. He hurt he hurt Delite a number of times with those hands. I would have liked to see him sort of capitalize a little bit more that one time he dropped him with the straight right. I think if he sort of struck him a little bit more and tried to wrestle a little bit less at the end of the fight, probably could have put him away. Maybe. I don't know. Delite is a really tough Georgian, Eastern European type fighter. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he wouldn't. But uh, yeah, I definitely have to say that that's my fight of the night. Okay, that, that's a prelim fight of the night. All right, I'll get on on, on the actual the main, main card. card. Main card fight of the night. Main card, okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give I'll give uh, Adrian Yanez. Yeah, man, you put in that work. He, he just he just need he just needed he needed that. Like, <laughs> he looks he just looks. I'm not saying um, he's going to be a big factor in the bantamweight division, but he's interesting. Just watching him perform that night, I just felt like yeah, yeah, he's got he's got good hands. He's got really good counter striking, but. <laughs> Good There's, patience too. Yeah, that's what I like. It just the patience of it is. He had the patience. patience. Definitely had the patience, but I mean, there's more to it than that, man. There's more to it than that. 
Yeah, I, I feel like it wanted a little bit of urgency. Um, but anyhow, Joel, we have to, before we wrap this up, we have to get to the meat. We got to get to the meat. Meat, potatoes. The meat, the steak and potatoes. The big boys fight next yeah, week at UFC 260. The Agusi, the okra soup, and everything yeah, else in between. The jollof rice. Jollof jello. <laughs> Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou, too. Um, who do you have and why and how? First, I want to express my disappointment that the Volkanovski Ortega fight is canceled. That's uh, I was looking forward to that. Two title fights in one night, man. You don't you don't always get that. <laughs> so, and I just wanted to see Volkanovski fight Max Holloway. Hopefully, they just cancel that fight and give him back like, Max Holloway for a trilogy. That was Ortega, but you know, just, you, want to, you want to see the trilogy, man. It's one one. In our books, is 1-1. Yeah, in my book, is 1-1. In our, sure. the world's books, is 1-1. <laughs> I'm not saying Volkanovski didn't, didn't perform well, I'm just saying. Okay, but between Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou, I mean Miocic, just because Ngannou, yes, he has the power. Some people call him the most dangerous man in the sport. I, I disagree, but I guess people are afraid of the power. He's, a, he's up there. No, he is. He, when people talk about that, they're talking about it from, like, just because of the, the the power. Yeah. The, the lingering power. But there are other fighters who you should fear more. Like, I fear Usman more than I fear him. Right? Because yeah. like, that guy can dominate me three different ways, you know? Which is a, which is a bit different. Is John Jones more dangerous? Uh, maybe not at this point. You could argue that. We just don't know. John Jones is an unknown factor right now. Is is Blakovich more dangerous than, than, than uh, Francis Ngannou? In terms of punching power, oh. raw punching power? Well, just, just as a, the, the scariest man. That's what they were calling him. The I think when they're saying he's the scariest man, I'm, I think they're talking about knock in terms of knockout power. Yeah, but... In other. terms of overall fighting ability, no. No. Well, I mean, like, it's, not even just, it's about intim intimidation as well, right? They're just fighters that make you uncomfortable. Like, like a Nate Diaz... Maybe you're scared, not scared, but it's a fearsome aspect of it knowing that this guy has an iron chin and the fact that... If it gets to the fourth and fifth round... Like, he doesn't get tired. Yeah. He doesn't... He's not human. He doesn't feel fatigue. Yeah. He doesn't feel pain. He feels fatigue, but he um, knows how to manage his energy over the course of 25 minutes more than... Better than your average fighter. Like, even better than the most elite fighter. Yeah, so... But that's also a hindrance because you saw that in the Masvidal fight where Masvidal just cut him busted his face open and then after the third round it didn't it didn't fucking matter i wonder what would have happened if they let, they let that fight just kind of uh prolong but i think diaz would have drowned him i think so? diaz would have drowned i want that remix that probably one okay we'll, we'll we'll get to the mazard all later i i'll bring something <laughs> up with that but um i do put pick stipe from the first fight and god the thing is and god did catch stipe a few times in the first fight but uh I think Stipe just has overall like like, like a more well-rounded fighter. His wrestling is better. Yep. Grappling game way yep. better. Even striking, because striking is more way more technical. So the only thing Ngannou has over over him is size and punching power and power. And I guess I've heard um, reports saying that Ngannou has been absolutely obsessed with wrestling and grappling and clinch work. It doesn't matter. You don't have the, the technical ability. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much you've been obsessed. Um, Stipe has been doing it for far longer than Ngannou has, and that's that's what makes all the difference. You can be obsessed with it all you want. If you're only training it for one fight, 
and we haven't seen we've seen Ngannou sort of had the anti wrestling with a Curtis Blades, that was good. You know, I I can't fault him for that. But when you look at the curve between both fighters from the first fight till now, Stipe has Stipe has improved way more than Ngannou has, and he's looked really good in his last two fights yeah. against Cormier. Like he and Cor- that Cor- those two Cormier fights, the the despair. The, Oh my god, I'm so like pressed right now. But like the disparity between uh Stipe in the in the second Miocha in the second um Cormier fight to the third Cormier fight, it's like night and day. Like this guy came in so cut and just so in shape for that third Cormier fight. If he approaches any other fight like that henceforth, he will retire champion. Mm. You have to understand that Cormier was arguably the best wrestler between the heavyweight and heavyweight light heavyweight divisions. Mm. And he could not wrestle Miocic. Yep. He could not take Miocic down. Mm. That is huge. That's huge. You know, and uh on top of that, Miocic is striking. Like he puts he throws punches and bunches. Big guys don't do that, especially mm. at heavyweight. Mm. When was the last time you seen a heavyweight throw a combination? Like, Miocic mixes it up so well with his hands. Like, and on top of that, he's got grappling. If he if he gets Ngannou like in in a in a firefight and Ngannou starts throwing hands, he grabs the single leg. Bam, you're down. And um, another thing is, it would have been something if in the first fight, if Ngannou had knocked him out, he had won the fight. But the thing is, Stipe won the first fight. He knows how to fight Ngannou. He's been there already. The element of surprise isn't going to be there. Yeah, the length, like it, it's not really going to be as big a factor. The power, Miocic knows it. He's been there in the octagon with him, so I think yeah. it's there isn't going to be a big element of surprise for Miocic in terms of maybe like stepping in the octagon and and, and you know he's he's been there with him and he beat him. So I don't think uh, there's not much in favor of Ngannou. Of course, he could still knock him out, but what what other advantage does he have in that in that fight? Is it so? How do you how do you see this one ending? Well, does it stand or does it go to the ground? I don't know. Um, I'm going to say it stays on its feet. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'll say it stays on its feet. Five rounds. I'll say it goes to the decision. Decision? See, you're better than me. I think Miocic is going to take this by sub. I think him? he's. I think if it does get to the ground, which I think is very likely, I think Miocic, you know, will engage in Ganu a little bit on the feet, getting Ganu to throw something, grab the single leg, Take him down. Take him down. Take an arm. Take the back. Give him an all-American ass whooping. <laughs> yeah. And that'll be that. That'll be Ngannou's first, like, first, I guess, stoppage loss. Because he's lost before. I'm not sure if he's tapped before. But I definitely can see Miocic tapping Ngannou in this way. It'd be smart for him to take it to the ground and just control him there. Yeah. Even if you're not, like, super active. Yeah. Just neutralize the power on the ground. Can't knock you out, man. He's on the ground, right? Yeah. So I think not true. Either, either first or second round sub for Miocic, in my opinion. Although, you know, no disrespect to Ngannou. I want to see Ngannou win this fight. I really want to see Ngannou win this fight because he does have a puncher's chance. But Miocic is too experienced, too smart. If Miocic wins this fight, though, do you think that's it for him? I think he fights John Jones and then retires. Ooh, that'd be nice. Because... If I'm Miocic, I'm looking at John Jones. He ran away from the lightweight, light heavyweight division. Let's let's just be honest. Let's call it for what it is. He got lucky in that Reyes that Reyes decision, 
And he said, I'm getting the fuck out of here while the getting is good. And then keep in mind, this is before, this is before Miocic beat DC the second time, mm. right? So he's looking at the first Miocic fight with DC, and he's like, okay, well, DC is going to retire, and then my, my main opposition is going to be Miocic. And, you know, around that time, you definitely say, yo, John Joe moves to every way he fights Miocic, he wins. After that third DC fight, I'm looking at that. I'm like, no, there's no way John Jones could beat Miocic now. But you don't think they're going to give John Jones that fight right away? You think they're going to give him Ngannou first? If he asks for it, I think they will. I don't think they should. But I think if John Jones really pushes for it and no other fighter pushes back to challenge it, yeah, I definitely think he's going to get that title shot. Right away. Right away, yeah. yeah. Now, if number if Ngannou's like... Well, Ngannou won't really have a leg to stand on because he would have lost to the champ twice. I know, that's what I mean. So, yeah. Right? And then Derek Lewis is the next guy. Derek Lewis has already stated he doesn't care about fighting for the belt. He doesn't even want to go five rounds. So what is he going to do? Challenge John Jones to a five-round fight? He doesn't want that. Yeah. What is Curtis Blades going to do? Call him out? He's number four. And he just lost. And he's just coming off a lot. So, I mean, the landscape is perfect for John Jones right now. To, Cal- calculated. Yeah, it's perfect. He can go in, fight for the title. I don't think he beats Miocic. I, I want Miocic to beat him if they do fight. I don't think he... No, I don't... Yeah, I definitely think Miocic will beat him. Even if Nganu wins. I think Nganu can knock the crap out of John Jones. I think John Jones will try to wrestle Nganu. Maybe he might have success here and there. But Nganu, is, he's got heart. I don't think he's... I think he's going to wrestle Nganu realize that, well, I can only really lay on top of this guy. You know? <laughs> And then, you know, maybe he tries to get overzealous and try to strike with Nganu and get caught, get KTFO. And bam, first man to knock out John Jones. Clean out, man. Yeah, Clean one out. In my perfect world, that's what happens. He catches Miocic with a lottery shot, knocks out Miocic, Miocic retires, he fights John Jones, same thing, and then he retires. That's it, he's the greatest heavyweight of all he's time. The and then he, he fights he fights Derek Lewis and actually engages Derek Lewis this time instead of sitting back like he did in the first fight and then beats Derek Lewis and then you can be like yo <laughs> Team Africa <laughs> all the Africans will hold all the big belts yo my god freaking we, we Izzy just... at middleweight got to a heavyweight who's right at uh, welterweight you see Deke Nah, Sadiq Sadiq's up against it out at a featherweight man. You gotta pray, man. That's your boy. No, I'm on I'm on his side, but at the same time, you gotta be realistic, man. That's your cousin, man. You gotta be realistic. We're not from the same ethnic group, so <laughs> what, what is he? I think he, I believe he's Yoruba. Y'all the same to me, man. <laughs> yeah, we would. Y'all have, y'all have taste the same to me, bro. Yeah, okay. The, the the fight I'm actually looking forward to most is um on this um 260 card is the Sean O'Malley. Well, next to the Miocic one, of course, but I want to see Sean, o- Sean O'Malley make a comeback. I'm, I'm, high, I'm high on the hype train, man. He's fighting uh, Thomas Almeida. So. Winnable fight for my O'Malley. We'll have to see. It's that foot injury. He's had that foot injury multiple times yeah. from what I've heard, right? We'll, we'll have to see how he does with that foot injury. But, yeah, it's a winnable fight for him. I don't think he broke his foot his last fight. I already hit it like a funny bone or something. No, he like tore some sort of ligament. It like, it gave out on him. Essentially, gave out on him and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget who fought him the last time, um, but the guy was bragging a shit ton for yeah, beating him on first one leg because he took that clout. Like, 
yeah, took yeah. that clout. But anyway, thank you for listening. This has been Ike and Yoel with the Banter Bros Casuals. Casual bro talk about UFC. Thank you for joining us. This is the first episode of many. We will be back and we will return. Thank you for joining us. Joel really well, or he's really pushing me to say that this is pipe talk. It will eventually be pipe talk, but like I said, we got to ease y'all into this craziness. It's pipe talk. Who, who, who's your next guest? It's even divine, right? Siren. It's going to be siren. Yeah, you can't get her, man. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned and peace.